0: podcasting out of Alliance Wrestling Studios, pontificating on pro wrestling, the innovator of talk NWA, he is, Jay Cow! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to sessions 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 with jcow that's where we talk about pro wrestling we do interviews exclusive interviews interviews you probably won't hear anywhere else because we're going out and we're getting some of the best wrestlers here in the southern california and beyond to talk about professional wrestling and the gentleman i'm speaking to today well stands six foot four he's built at 275 but i mean he's jacked it might even be bigger than that. My guest today is from the Sin City, the Neon Phenom, and I'm talking about Anthony Idol. Anthony, welcome. Thank you for joining us on Sessions today. It's good What's to see you, man. How are morning. you? I'm
1: all right, man. I'm doing okay.
0: So, uh, long time no talk. Uh, I met you a couple years ago, and, and we'll we'll tell the story about it, but one thing that I really appreciated the first time I actually sat there and spoke with you was your knowledge of professional wrestling. You're not just a guy that grew up on the WWE or WCW. I mean, you were talking to me about Grand Olympic Auditorium days, and that kind of brings joy to my heart because those are a forgotten era in professional wrestling. A lot of people don't even know that we had a weekly wrestling show live in Los Angeles at the Grand Olympic Auditorium for many, many years. Tell me about your uh, interest in the Grand Olympic and tell me about how you got into pro wrestling
1: uh well i i don't know the actual genesis of of my fandom i just probably just being in front of the tv um so i know that my dad and i watched a little bit of wrestling uh and then uh, my folks got divorced and uh i the big the big thing for the as far as history goes was i got two uh history books on consecutive Christmases they're they're right there I could see them right there on my bookshelf I still have them Uh, so those big history books uh, really kind of give me a lot of backfill because there was of course a lot of the current stars in there so seeing like a picture of Roddy Piper in like those plaid trunks in the NWA I was like what the hell is this like there's a there's a before and uh, you know the big the big chunk of history section at, at the beginning of the book I had Luthez and Gorgeous George and Haystacks Calhoun and stuff like that. So just finding that stuff out and then talking to my my uncles and my grandfather and my dad. Because my dad grew up, you know, uh, although he was born in Cleveland. And uh, he had stories about his, his grandparents watching wrestling. Or pardon me, his, uh, his aunts and uncles watching wrestling. Uh, but he grew up mostly in L.A. So he was he was telling me all about uh, Dick Lane and uh, uh, Blassie and... So yeah, that's that's really how I, I I learned about Grand Olympic.
0: What what incredible time! And then Dick Lane would go on to uh, announce games in like San Diego, right for the Padres. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I I always tell people I was born a couple of years too late because I never got to go to the Grand Olympic and see that old style wrestling. I mean, I got to see. Uh, ECW there, that was cool. I got to see XPW run a show there. But the real mystique of the uh, 70s and 80s, I completely missed out on. And, you know, it's like, dang, I just wish I was the oldest brother. I could have had so much fun. Um, and Speaking of fun, there's nobody I see on the Internet having as much fun as you, whether it be the, uh, the pool parties, the, heading down to TJ, going down those gigantic uh, water slides. Tell me about what it's like being Anthony Idol. I mean, uh, you're a pro wrestler. You're you're a party extraordinaire. And then, like, I see you on social media where you're you're being interviewed by you know San Diego's uh, finest in in the media. You're on like newscasts and 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 you're in the radio booth. Like, you're a whirlwind of uh, of uh, media.
1: Uh, well, I've sort of accepted that I'm charismatic. Oh, okay. Uh, that works. <laughs> So they uh, I don't know why, but uh, I usually get uh, chosen, pointed at for those gigs where we're talking to the news and stuff like that. So I uh, spoke with Jenny Milkowski. have a little bit of a relationship with Scott Kaplan, uh, on, who is now back on uh, 1090. But uh, I don't know, just uh, always charming. Since, uh, since San Diego at large, man, I was on there with Larry Himmel as well. So
0: th- th- when we look at Anthony Idol, the pro wrestler, I mean, you've been an EWF heavyweight champion, SoCal Pro heavyweight champion. You've held those uh, the EWF Americas Championship. You're one of these guys in the SoCal area who I think gets really overlooked uh, by a lot of the promotions, just because I feel like they don't know how to use a guy who's six foot four and 270 pounds. You you got your break. You started training in pro wrestling with UPW, correct?
1: No, uh, my first, uh, foray into training was in Tijuana. I, uh, I, when I was wrapping up college, like I didn't really understand how pro wrestling school worked. Uh, so I approached it like college. Like I wrote letters to a bunch of different schools. Uh, I visited a bunch of different schools. I drove out to, uh, the original school, Hart Knox. Um, let's see. I wrote letters to UPW, uh, ended up going back home to San Diego, uh, or after college and uh, uh, working at a gym and I was pulling the pool covers out over the pool and this like 5 foot 4 240 pound like fire plug of a person comes up to me and uh, can we swear on this thing yeah go right ahead All right. so he goes hey I fucking hear you want to be a fucking wrestler I was like <laughs> uh, yes you meet me behind the fucking unicall fucking 76 the fucking I fucking take you to fucking Tijuana with your ass I was like uh yes sir. <laughs> so I met this complete stranger. that was the greeting. Like no handshake. I think I had name phone number right then and then met this complete stranger uh and went to Tijuana and got my ass beat uh respectfully and uh and then vomited out of the car on the way home. Uh that's the first time I ever vomited doing anything athletic. Uh, so-, so no, Tijuana, I was Tijuana about 4 days a week about 4 hours a night uh for about 9 months straight. So I imagine this
0: was in the uh, what mid uh, mid uh, late nineties.
1: No, not not that not that old. Uh, uh, summer of '99.
0: Yeah, that's late nineties. Summer that's of '99.
1: Be That'd be very late nineties.
0: Oh, look! I graduated from high school in '97. So when someone says late nineties, I go '97, '98, '99. To me, that's your yeah. late nineties. Uh, so okay, so. And this obviously was before a lot of the travel restrictions to get out of the country. You didn't need a passport. You didn't need a green card. You didn't need anything. You just walked right over, huh?
1: You just just said U.S. and that was it, man.
0: That's beautiful. I recently went to Tijuana for the first time since I was a little boy to check out the Libre. And I was, even in this day and age, amazed how easy it was to get into Mexico and only slightly more difficult to get back into the country as long as you had uh you know your passport it's no big deal but uh i just imagine how crazy that was for you uh back in you know 99 just just slipping right through so what what yep. school was that who who was training you
1: uh let's see most of the time was at well it's kind of split time really at the arena the boxing arena adjacent to the auditorium most okay. of my training there and then um when we weren't training there, we would train at uh, Medico Assassino Junior's gym, which was called Gimnasio Azteca, which okay. was basically a gym that was adjacent to his house. Um, so those are the two places I trained uh, a lot with uh, Fantomas, who went on to become. I, I always mess up the clowns' names. He's one of the he's one of the clowns. I can't remember okay. if he's Psycho or Monster or, or Killer. I get it, I just <laughs> feel so bad because I just looked this up again, so I wouldn't mess it up.
0: It's all right. It, you get a pass. So I, you know, I never knew that about you. I, for some reason, I was convinced that you had trained at UPW. Did you? Well, ever time at UPW. I did. I, did.
1: I, I, uh, I didn't know how well I was being taken care of in Mexico because I just didn't know shit about shit about shit. Like that will be a running theme uh, going forward if we're telling the whole life story. Sure. Uh, so. Uh, I fucked that up. Long story short, got into an argument with my trainer. Uh, I say fighting people think you like duke it out. It wasn't that. We just got into a little snippy tiff and, uh, didn't get along for a minute. I coached, uh, football, at, uh, for a year and then, um, went to a UPW tryout, broke my foot. I didn't know I broke it at the time. I thought it was just a real bad sprained ankle. Right. Uh, Went home for a while to let it heal, because of course, idiot, no health insurance, didn't get it taken care of. Uh, and then packed all my shit and moved to uh, Fountain Valley and started training at UPW.
0: And how long were you there for? Like that, so what what was the timetable? Were you there during when I went
1: to like- the, when, when I went to the tryout? I was among the favored. I'll just put it that way. Uh, and then when I went, when I moved there, I was no longer among the favorites. So, uh, I got charged exorbitantly for training and just being young and not having that much money on hand. I was really in and out. Basically I would train, uh, until I got kicked out of school. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people offered to help me and I just didn't want to take the help, which now looking back, probably should have taken the help. Uh, but just didn't, didn't, I mean. I don't, I'm not here to put anybody on blast, but it was just, it was, It really wasn't that great of an arrangement. And I've been told by a number of, you know, older guys since then, like, you know, you know I should have known better, but whatever. Man. I, like I said, I didn't know shit about shit about shit. Uh, a lot of times at UPW, I would just get there early, tie my shoes, stretch. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't think that I'm shy because you know, I'm the neon phenom. Uh, but, you know, I'm, very, I'm pretty quiet, actually, especially in settings where I don't, I don't know people. So I just sit there quietly, stretch. You know, people would come up and say hi and then do the greeting thing, but I didn't know about the handshaking thing. So after a while, I I don't know anything. And other guys were talking about uh, going to work at different independents. I didn't know you could do that. I thought they were going to get in trouble. So I heard these guys talking about they're going to work like Battleground or whatever it was at the time. I can't remember. And uh, I was just like, oh oh and like totally seceded from conversations because I thought these guys are going to get in trouble they're going right. to get kicked out of school because I did not know how anything fucking worked I didn't know how. nobody talked to me about gear I didn't know where boots came from I had a pair of horrible boots that I paid for that were garbage uh, I didn't know anything anything I wondered when wrestling got to be fun and it just sucked
0: yeah I mean it It sounds like it uh, yeah. I know from my limited experience like I, I never trained but you know i was at a lot of those upw shows going back to like 2000 actually i think my first one was in 2000 with the hardy boys right a hardy boy showed up to upw and it was kind of like a holy crap wow these are wwe tag team champions so everyone kind of paid attention and and upw started getting really noticed and and there was you know Samoa Joe and and of course John Cena and even guys like The Miz who were kind of filtering through the uh farm system uh making that next step to the WWE. Uh, which guys were you in those classes with? I mean I I mean I know it, it, they they had those WWE names but there's a lot of great talent that came out of the UPW gym that never had gone on to WWE guys like uh
1: uh, you know Tommy Wilson. Dude, look, and, uh, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because yeah. like it's, it's long because I was there for out because I was in and out for a while. Okay, like I'll probably sure. end up forgetting something. Now, remi- and here's when I finish this or or don't finish it because I can't remember all the people. Like this is what made me come back. All right, so here we go. Let's, let's start with people that went to zero one. Oh shit! So there was Skulu the wild Samoan Vansack oh, yeah. uh I believe I believe Funky Billy Kim uh I don't know if Benny ever got over to zero one I counted him because he would he would cycle through um okay then The Miz uh Luther Reigns uh Nathan Jones uh Sylvester Turkey uh Samoa Joe uh The Miz uh <laughs> uh uh, Jesus. You know, that was his WWE name, Aaron Rodriguez. Um,
0: yeah, Aaron Aguilera.
1: Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Sorry. Terrible names. Um Brian Kendrick. Chris Yep. Chris Mordetsky. Um let's see. I remember Chris Daniels came by to teach for a while, but I really wasn't around for his his period of teaching. Um Frankie Kazarian, almost forgot him.
0: Can't forget Frankie. I
1: mean, there's just so many dudes like, Mar- yeah, like I, um, I mean, Jungle Jungle Girl who ended up in um, Spider-Man. Wow. Um, yeah, Eric, Erica Porter. Yeah. Oh, uh, Kate uh, Ryan Sakota. ended yeah. up on on SmackDown. R.I.P. Um,
0: late Ryan, Sakota. good good guy, really talented in the ring. I mean, geez, you were literally with uh, a couple of future Hall of Famers there, and a couple of dudes who really change the business I mean that's that's an incredible uh, uh pedigree pe- uh, class that you were a part of um so you know if someone were to look up Anthony Idol and go to something like Cage Match your first match on Cage Match was until 2013 when did you
1: have well, your first actual? They, well, they, like, well they've attributed one of my light show matches to Anthony Idol from Ireland But one of my light show matches made it on there. I'm not counting that. I hope that doesn't upset my uh, standing as a second place repeat of the year. (laughs) When did you start training? I mean, excuse me, not training. When did you actually make your debut, though? When did you actually get in the ring? In front of people who actually paid? Yeah. Uh, 2014. So you,
0: man, so you, when you say you filtered in and out, I mean, you filtered out for almost a decade, even maybe even longer, right?
1: Yeah, I was on uh, I was on WWE TV on uh, in two thousand three. Wow. That's so and then cool. I, I think I, I had like I had a match in like December of twenty thirteen, uh, you know, just before they finally booked me.
0: Well, that's that's incredible, and, and uh, you you brought up the uh, second place in the SoCal uncensored Rookie of the Year award. Now that was that was when my brief time as the uh, managing editor, Ed Morris, I think that's how you pronounce it, where I was running the site while Steve uh, had taken a you know, six-year-long sabbatical, and uh, so part of the idea for this sh- that I wanted to do for SoCal Uncensored is because before there was all these uh, year-end awards, but there was never any kind of presentation. Nobody actually got anything. You just got recognized on the internet. And, and Christopher Daniels still asked Steve for his Wrestler of the Year for 2001 award. So I mean, there it has a long, uh, lengthy um, history. But like, there were never any awards until I came around, and then eventually Steve really upgraded them. But we handed out certificates in wooden frames, and I thought that was a classy move. And um, this is a story, guys, that uh, I might have said before, but it's one of my favorite memories in wrestling because. Up until this point, I'd never stepped foot in a professional wrestling ring before because I'm not a pro wrestler. I love to watch it. I love to talk about it, but I've never actually been inside of a ring. I never did any kind of training, nothing. And uh, the Rookie of the Year award winner went to um, uh, uh, Mike Camden of SoCal Pro Wrestling. He was trained at SoCal Pro. He was one of the first guys to break out from SoCal Pro uh, to win Rookie of the Year. Um, I think we'd also get Duke did it uh, a year or two before or after. I don't remember now, but uh, so I showed Duke. up. Yeah. Before. Thank you. So I, I, I drive down to Escondido at their training facility cause they're doing a, a student type show. I would see a young Danny limelight. I would see uh, some of my favorites like SoCal crazy. I think Ricky Mandel was even there. And I asked Mike Camden who had been injured a few weeks earlier hey man are you still gonna come because if not we could do this another time mike's like yeah man i'll be there i'm gonna be there a little bit late but i'll be there to accept the award and i said perfect now i also know the promoter jeff Dino pretty well i i I was a big socal pro uh supporter for a very long time i have the four action figures that they released i have a socal pro sweater somewhere and my daughter had a hat so i knew jeff fairly well he knew my family very well So I come to the show expecting to deliver this award to Mike Camden, who won Rookie of the Year. And when I'm in the ring, they announced me, and I feel like this is a cool moment. I'm actually in a ring, and I'm presenting this award. I'm holding a microphone, and instead of Mike Camden's music, this guy's music hits. This guy. And so as I'm sitting there kind of confused and a little bit puzzled, I'm wondering what is going on. And you walk into the ring. And I'm I'm 5'9 I'm on a good day. On a good day. And this man is 6'4". And you can see, you've seen him in the ring. He's not a slouch. He's not a, a you know, this guy's a meathead. No, no disrespect intended, please. None taken. Dude. And this guy looks at me and points at the microphone. Yes, sir. Here you go. Then he looks at me and he just snatches the award out of my hand. And... I'm just happy you didn't throw me to the ground because that's where I kind of thought it was going. This whole thing, like it was a worked shoot, I guess is the terminology. I had no idea what was going on. I'm sure Jeff was laughing in the back. You had a smile on your face and I uh, quickly exited the ring. You took that award and I just found out now you pulled the certificate out. You crossed out uh, Mike's name and you put your name. And put that back in the frame, and I think that was at the SoCal Pro Wrestling uh, training facility for,
1: maybe even still now. Uh, no, it, it's it, that's that's Mike's personal property. That's his. Oh, you gave it back to him. Yeah. <laughs> With your name all over it. Yeah.
0: How did so, that? How did I, that come I, about, and why did you guys have to work me so hard?
1: Well, one, the 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 award is important to both of us, uh, just because we felt like. The like we thought the website had not been as prominent. Uh, like you know, we both made our first attempt in '99. Uh, the web, I mean, no fault of its own, but the website was a lot more prominent because the internet was a lot, you know, lesser than. So that message board was hot. So before all all the hot tweets and, uh, you know, all that shit going off, that message board where you talk shit and where things, you know, nothing was proven, (laughs) many things were stated. Uh, but it meant something to get an award. And I think it still means something to get an award. And I like to think that Mike and I helped elevate the award because it became a thing. Like you said, there's a presentation to it now. And now they get actual metal plaques, you know, or, well, wooden metal, or whatever. They get a trophy, and it's, yeah. it means something. Because a lot of times in pro wrestling, we talk about accolades and achievements, and somebody grumpy is going to go, well, oh, it's a word. You know, the the belt is a prop and uh you know and the you know the young lions cup is a work and whatever you know what man shut up (laughs) because because the list of false accomplishments are in the end or or we're gonna stand on now we all love you and we all know how this thing works but we also know who they who they trust and who get who they give the rock to and we also know other guys they're not about the rock and they don't want it. They don't need that. They don't need the belt. They don't need the strap. And that's, that's fine. So let's, I don't want to, it's not, I don't want to get into a bigger discussion about stuff like that, but like at some level, there's gotta be some kind of competition. Somebody's got to want to be, the best, or recognized as the best, and if we're being real, real honest, like all the other awards are very uh, work-based and work rate-based, and I ain't gonna be getting any of those. So uh, that the Rookie of the Year award was important to me because I was like, this is probably the only SoCal Uncensored award that I'll be up for. So I know I took it serious, and and I know Mike did too. And uh, I hope it, it means something to Mike. It's, it's it's a special memory to me. Well, I need to
0: obviously. get. It. <laughs> I'll be honest. I drove home that night thinking, wow, I was just in my first wrestling angle. This is great. So I, I got a kick out of it. And I know for a while there, you were taunting me. I think it was on Facebook, but it might've even been MySpace. I don't remember how long ago it was, but you were, taunting- Twitter, guy, Twitter guy. you were, you were taunting me with that award, but you know, in that night, again, that's when I got to meet you. We, we sat down. I mean, we weren't really standing. We we're kind of walking outside of the gym and you and I were talking about, uh, I was t- t- talking to Jeff. I go, "So tell me about this guy because I don't really know much about him." and he's like, "Oh, you'll love him. He's very knowledgeable about wrestling." and, and you started talking, and I, I still remember, and I, I have a shit memory, so for me to remember this just means that that's how um, important that night was, that you were talking about, you know, back in the day, the Grand Olympic would have wrestling on a Tuesday night and sell out, and they would do that every week. Why can't we do that now? And I, and I was like, you're right. Why can't we do that now? And I, I, I was on board. Like I, you were you were preaching to the choir. I was throwing hallelujahs there every few seconds because I just felt like everything you were saying, like I was buying into what you were talking about. Why can't we have this uh, a, a bigger venue? Why can't we have a more consistent basis of programming? and Why can't it be an L.A. focused brand? Or, or you know, Southern California focused brand And I was just I, I was really into what you were saying that night And unfortunately I don't feel like It's really come to fruition But I have really felt really? like Yeah this guy really knows what he's talking about And I really appreciated I, I see, that night
1: I see little uh, Bits of it Because uh, yeah. my inspiration was always Memphis I'm like what They drew 8,000 to 10,000 people For almost a decade every Monday night In the same city and that's just because it became the place to be and the thing to do. Uh so if you promise people a good time, they're gonna come out. Uh so I think uh it sucks that uh bar had the downfall that it did. Uh but I think that was very evident of the crowds they were drawing and the energy they were providing on a weeknight. If you give people a good time. And get them out, you know, a reasonable time on a school night. They'll they'll be out there, a.k.a. on a Monday, you know, even though that was, you know, was Wednesday or whatever it was. But if you give them something that's worth their money, they'll show up. And uh, hopefully with Raise the Bar and stuff like that coming in and uh, with LA Fight, I forget what the new GCW promotion's called. I, I think we're going to see a, a return. If you give something, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to say it one more time. You give somebody something for their money. They will show up. Ah, uh, there it is. And I can see that chat thing right there. Let's go full circle right now because I did say Memphis and I'm headed to Memphis that I got goosebumps right now even thinking about it. I I absolutely think
0: that there is not a place on the world better suited for the Phenom, uh, Neon Phenom, excuse me, I messed that up. I don't think there's a better place in the world for you to be than Memphis. Um, you might be born and raised in Southern California, but your heart it It feels like Memphis to me and I feel like this is gonna be such an awesome moment, not just for you, but for the fans in Memphis you know I I've been watching Dustin Starr. I've been watching Maria Starr. I've been uh, you know I, I used to watch their version of the championship wrestling from Hollywood because I wanted to see them be successful and I'd watch it on YouTube and I would you know oh there there goes my camera we could put that back on. Oh don't die on me camera.
1: Dustin is a hustler.
0: Uh, see, someone just didn't like what I was talking about because they turned off my camera. Um, so yeah, I I, I really liked. Uh, I, I did speak to Dustin. I spoke to Dustin. I think it was, uh, gosh, I think it was earlier this year. That this year's been crazy, and we talked about what they were going to do in Memphis. And they were in the they were they were planning to be in the ballroom. And this was before the Wrestle Center be, uh, became uh, the venue for them. And you could watch that show grow. You could watch the brand grow. But I think they definitely could benefit from somebody like you who has the look, has the talk, has you know promos alone. I can't. Well, I'm, I'm excited either. because
1: uh, that their uh, our show, you know, Hollywood was was on their actual television, on broadcast television, at a at a reasonable hour, so people actually saw it. So uh, I'm excited. I hear a few people in Memphis are excited and uh, I can't wait dude like that's like you said man it's just the shoot man since I've been eight years old I still remember the videotape that I rented when I first saw Memphis wrestling uh, you know on video as opposed to in pictures and I I need that (laughs) I need that buzz man I'll probably I'm probably gonna eat four smoked Cornish game hens when I'm there too uh, (laughs) because all I've heard about is Topps barbecue and I'm gonna wreck house
0: well, you got to go try on some suits. You got to go check out Pro Shingle. I mean, we got to get all the uh, endorsements you can get while you're out there. But um, yeah, like you, when, it, when it comes to Memphis, uh, my boy Lamb here just says, give, give me Brett Michaels versus Anthony Idol, even though we have to wait a month to see it on YouTube. I mean, there are people who have been watching the show, like you said, who, who watched you in Hollywood. And, you know, CC Chanel got the reaction when she showed up. Heather Monroe got the reaction when she showed up watts got that reaction when he showed up uh are are you feeling pretty confident that you're gonna have that positive reaction with those memphis fans
1: dude like man my vibrations are too strong man It cannot be denied i'm not this person who talks like this i'm not this person who tells you how it's going to be but like my vibrations are too strong man my vibrations are too strong when like my foot touches soil in memphis tennessee I, like, dude, I I don't know if the camera picks up the goosebumps. Oh, it is. <laughs> dude, we can but, see them. Oh, man, like, ready, bro,
0: electric. I, I think this is going to be a like I said, a match made in heaven. Um, I mean, you you SoCal has been lucky to have you, and, and I again, I I really do feel like you've been overlooked in in a lot of capacities because I mean, you've been very dominant in SoCal Pro. You, like I said, you were a champion there. You've been a champion in Empire Wrestling Federation. You're still doing the damn thing in EWF. You're still doing the thing in SoCal Pro. Um, you know, you spent a lot of time in Hollywood and and had some everlasting moments there as well. But being in Memphis, I, I just really feel like this is going to be a good moment for you. And I think, again, Memphis is going to benefit. This is going to be the most uh, symbiotic relationship I've seen in pro wrestling in a while because I really feel positive that you're going to have a huge impact at Memphis. So let's, let's, let's pull it back a little bit to SoCal because that's, you know, that's where we're at. And, you know, obviously you've been with SoCal Pro Wrestling for quite some time. How did you get hooked up with Jeff? How did you guys uh, start that relationship? And, and tell me about your experiences working at SoCal Pro.
1: Alright, so uh, I came home from a Christmas break during school, and I went to a CCW show.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, one of those first wrestling school trips I talked about was I went out to meet uh, Charles, uh, Chaz Gibbs, at the CCW school, and he scared the shit out of me, because I thought he was a fucking psychopath. Now Chaz is mellowed and I love Chaz now. He's a he's, he's a very sweet uncle type of dude now. But back then, I was like I want to do this man. Uh, so when I thought about coming back to wrestling uh, like I think I Google searched and found SoCal Pro and Chaz was still on the roster and I was like oh. That's awesome. So uh uh, it, it basically, it just bothered me that I had quit. So I eventually was like, well, fuck it. I just got to go. Uh, so I knew where to go. So I just, uh, I looked up SoCal Pro online, um, and they had their schedule, right? You know, blah, 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 Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the website at that time updated regularly. So they had no practice on Thursdays at that time. And they had moved it to Wednesday. But oddly enough, they had, this week, switched it back to Thursday. So I showed up on a random, unplanned Thursday, and everybody happened to be there, and they were just, like, staring at me, like, who the fuck is this guy? Well,
0: in, in I'm not trying to put anyone down in Southern California, but there is a staunch difference between uh, the majority, like I would say, 85% of the rosters in SoCal, most guys aren't over six foot, and that's just the that- fact.
1: That's weird to me because uh when I, you know, of course, when I started, I think I mentioned about seven people that were over six foot five when I was at. And right now, I'm not even talking about the dudes who didn't like make it, make it like there was other humongous dudes. Like I was a small person at UPW. I wrestled completely different. And uh now, yeah, I'm Kevin Nash. It's, yeah. Short.
0: I, I mean, that's and that's it's kind of weird because it's this dynamic where there are opportunities in Southern California in, in terms of sports, like there's a year round sports, uh, you know, for, for kids in high school, college, you know, so a lot of, uh, a, a lot of people, your size and stature have been, um, migrating to MMA or, you know, they, they, they're still continuing the, the passion of football or, or baseball because again, the size and strength and, and that plays a role in it. Um, so we don't see a lot of big dudes in the Southern California pro wrestling indies. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of anybody that's even close to you. I know, uh, y- you know, a Jordan Clearwater uh, might have the height, and, and he's a built guy, but he doesn't have the mass that you have. And you know, uh, uh, Slice Boogie's a big guy, but I still think he's not very close to to your stature either. So you're you're kind he of. Kind of a, Ch- yeah. yeah. Tito and Che, that's a good. Yeah, those guys are absolutely. Yeah, you're right. But you're that's still kind of an anomaly out here. Like Watts, Watts might be the only guy in SoCal taller than you, I think. Brody, right? Oh yeah. Unless we're
1: not Brody King.
0: You you know, I don't think about Brody because I think of him as Ring of Honor. But yeah, absolutely. Tyler Bateman might be taller than you, but he doesn't have the the size that you have either. So, I mean, you're kind of an anomaly out here. So, you're always working with guys who are, not always, but for the most part working with guys smaller than you. How does that change your dynamic when you're wrestling? And and are you more comfortable wrestling with the smaller guys? Or are you looking forward to facing someone who has the same size and stature as you? Uh,
1: it it kind of depends, man. Like, uh, it's been a while since I've worked with a, a bigger dude. Uh. I really, I really like uh, working with Mikey O'Shea. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, got really good chemistry with him. Um, that's that's probably one of my favorite big dude matches. That's probably, I think that's probably the big dude I wrestled the most actually. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, I've had you know just a just a couple of matches with Brody, uh, barely touched skin with Watts. Um, yeah, I think only Terex once. Oh, so it yeah, really Terex. hasn't, yeah, it really hasn't been that many big, big dudes. Um, so typically it's you know what I refer to as medium guys. Uh, yeah. Not that many, not that many smaller guys, but you know a lot of medium. Um, did you ever did you ever get to wrestle
0: Tommy Wilson at uh, SoCal Pro?
1: Honestly, only once, one on one.
0: That, see that's a shame that when he, when he was healthy when I'm he only was once good,
1: ever one on one
0: yeah when he was healthy and good he was fun uh, and I think you guys could have told some good stories it and, and I think with you and Watts like to me that's like that's magic ready to happen I don't know why anyone hasn't moved on that I think that's his character and your character you know volume turned all the way up oh that'd be so much fun.
1: See, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, write the checks. I, I just show up and cash them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and look, and I'm not booking any matches either. So uh, all I can do is uh, hope for the best. Um, let's talk about uh, EWF. Uh, when was your match with uh, Rico? Was that this week or was that last week? Did I already miss it?
1: Well, they're every week because that sucker's on the run from me, dude. Uh, <laughs> so this last Saturday was a uh, lumberjack match out in uh, Redlands. And you guys are going to be meeting up in San Bernardino pretty soon, too, right? Uh, This this Saturday in San Bernardino is the Great Goliath Battle Royal. And uh, I think previous to the Battle Royal, I'll be facing Vito Fratelli. Okay,
0: okay. Tell me about your time in EWF. I mean, I I, kind of think of you as a throwback anyway. But putting you in EWF, which is a very throwback organization. I mean, Jesse's been doing that since, I think, 1996. Uh, yeah, I think tell- we're.
1: In, I think it's like 25 or 26 years. I don't know if we count the pandemic years or whatever, but um, sort of goes back to what you said uh, before about the Grand Olympic. Uh, the American title in e- in EWF is a, is a is a spin-off or basically a sister title of the America's title from the Grand Olympic. Yeah, uh, I think of those fans as Grand Olympic fans. Um, Very much so. Jesse doesn't really get. Or the EWF rather doesn't really get uh, what I refer to as the school play draw, and the school play draw is the family and the friends. You know, and they show up, uh, and then they might leave after their family or friends match. Yeah. Uh, he gets wrestling fans. That's his buildings are the result of 25 years of flying that region, and 25 years of people knowing they're going to get a good family entertainment show when they go to that. Uh, so it's different. You get wrestling fans. And I, I, think I feel different. I feel appreciated there. I like.
0: As, as somebody who lives in the inland empire myself, I do feel like it's a very underserved area. And Jesse's been holding it down. Like you said, for almost 25 years, maybe even longer, uh, with running shows in Covina, which I know is not technically the IE, but San Bernardino Redlands, uh, Riverside, uh, he's, Hemet. uh he's been all over the place. And, um uh, I, as a as a wrestling fan we're lucky to have someone like Jesse in the area because he's been so influential throughout the years but that guy like you said he's still flying areas like he's i i I saw not too long ago uh a flyer where my daughter was going to elementary school at in Los Angeles uh excuse me um Puente Hills and and there was a flyer for one of Jesse's shows and I was like wow <laughs> wow for, for the Covina show, and I just thought that this guy is still putting it in, you know. And maybe it was one of his uh, street team members, but just seeing that flyer in such a far distance from where they regularly run, it was just like I, I was impressed. I, I Jesse still impresses me, and that he's getting up there in age, but he's still promoting like like he should, Get like in the towns. It's not just internet buzz. There's, and I don't think his fan base is internet buzz. I mean, what what do you think?
1: i said I, I, he's those long posters man those long posters are still getting it done dude like it's not yeah. even flyer to me it's all about those long posters in the windows and and uh it's it's the vfws like uh he's got a real good luck because i would really wouldn't know how else to classify it, with vfws that uh that draw their crowd you know usually they got a bar um yeah and usually that crowd's visiting for the jukebox, maybe a little bit of darts, and then there just happens to be wrestling, and it, it you know that draws money to the venue. Everybody everybody's happy, happy. So it works out okay. This last VFW was like the nicest VFW bar I've ever seen, or pardon me, Elks Lodge, but you, you know the deal. All those all those community and, uh, buildings and stuff like that. It's 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 neat. I, I think that's a that to me is a is a part of wrestling that's important because uh, as we're seeing wrestling move towards uh nightclubs and and bigger bar type settings um where people are standing a lot yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't get that part because if you take me somewhere for two hours i'm probably going to want to sit down um, but other than that I, I i think it's i think it's neat because i i like being down with the mud the blood and the beer i, li- I like i like a little bit of that smell uh, of the stale sweat mixed with the hardwood and the in the ballroom or the the basketball yeah. gym what do i like all that stuff
0: i i was at the glass house for the last bar show that they ran there before everything kind of came to light and the show started i think like at 8 or 8 30 and by 11 o'clock i was leaving and the show was only halfway through and i was like man i feel like such an old man right now but i've been standing for three hours and i my my puppies are talking to me and i'm getting tired and God, the back's hurting. I <laughs> just, I can't enjoy the show anymore. So I, I called it a night early because it's just, uh, that's not my environment. I, I, uh, I do enjoy the, uh, VFWs. Um, I used to go to a lot of, uh, the AWS shows when they were out at the, uh, uh I guess that was, um, like a VFW. It wasn't a VFW. It's the other one, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so those are been great venues in Southern California. And, and like you said, for Jesse, it's been pretty cool. You and I were talking offline and I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up because there is a wrestling promotion in this country that's kind of going through a resurgence. Um, It was hit very hard by the global pandemic, but I know you've been kind of paying attention to it. And I'm talking about the National Wrestling Alliance and uh, its newly crowned world champion Trevor Murdoch. You said to me offline, and I, I have to bring it up, is you wanted a shot at that guy. You wanted a shot at the 10 pounds of gold. You wanted a shot at Trevor Murdoch. Um, talk to me about your affinity for the for the NWA and what that title means to
1: you. Uh, just going back to the start of my fandom, because uh, like it was a big deal. Friday night, go get a burger at Fuddruckers and then uh, rent the tape and uh, still remember... Renting the Lords of the Ring and uh, the the Ric Flair Harley Race title changes on there, yeah. And uh, just seeing the Dome Globe and you know, of course, reading about the Dome Globe or you know the actual Ten Pounds Sweet Charlotte or whatever the heck uh, Nick Aldis called it. Uh, just seeing that in photos forever. Just that that's always been the belt to me. That thing looks cool. I love big gold. I like the winged eagle. Uh, just always had a special place in my arm for the Dome Globe uh, NWA World Title. Uh, I like that it's back in action. Uh, Hell, I like the AWA turkey platter in action in zero one. one But we talked before about uh, accomplishments, you know, and a lot of people when they're grumpy, they want to say, well, they don't mean anything. Everything's a prop. It's an all work, blah, 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 blah. But only so many people get to say they had a dance for the NWA world title. Now, you know, granted that covers a lot of ground, uh, you know, throughout a lot of time when you know maybe it wasn't as prominent or as important, uh, but it is prominent again. It is important again. I don't know whether you're going to call it the third or the fourth or the fifth world title. It, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is won't be so many people get to dance for it. Uh, I think uh, Trevor and I could get down. I I think uh, that would be something special. Uh, I think somebody might call it a slobber knocker, um, but. That's that's what I'm into. That's what I like. Uh, I don't think it would be a bad deal to have my name on that list of people that held that title.
0: We we like the we like the phrase uh, "hos fight" because you get two big dudes out there and they just uh, leave it all in Murdoch. the ring. And in every night, Trevor Murdoch steps into the ring. It's a hos fight. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's there's not too many people out there. He's not he's not going out there to throw you in a figure four leg lock. I mean, he did some finesse with. Uh, with Nick Aldis when he won the title but for the most part that guy's out there to throw some haymakers um the body slam you to crush you and, and and to go home and drink a beer likewise uh, you know you're not out there trying to do you know 450s or huda canaranas. not saying that you can't just saying that you're out there to kind of a uh, similar fashion throw some haymakers throw a big boot and and get down like that i, I really think that would be a a, a fun match and um and, and and Lam our friend Lam points out that I tweeted and this was kind of a uh, thinking about watching that match when you and I spoke thinking about a Trevor Murdoch versus you know Anthony Idol in Socal I think would be a tremendous now personally I would like to see the NWA consider looking at you as a talent because you you kind of check the boxes can you cut a promo yep do you have size yep I mean, I'm not trying to blow smoke up anybody's butt here, but like you're kind of what was on the demographic of what Billy looks at in terms of his wrestlers. I could see you standing in, across the ring from guys like uh, Tom Latimer, Tim Storm, and not really getting lost in the moment. Um, it, I don't. I, I'm definitely not trying to disparage somebody like our friend Yuma, but when Yuma shows up in an NWA ring, he is by far the smallest guy there, and it it, it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't pass the sniff test because you've got such a a class of heavyweights. And then you've got somebody who's obviously like at least a hundred pounds smaller, at least a foot smaller. And it just uh, I would much rather see somebody like you representing Southern California, representing SoCal Pro, representing EWF, representing United Wrestling Network.
1: Let's let's be fair. Uh, Johnny is not representing. California. He is an interplanetary or interplanetary justice provider. He's representing Earth as a whole. So that's that's correct. Let's, let's, let's lay off. It's not really about the size of the dog. It's about the size of the fight in the dog or something like that. I watched that I, too.
0: Hey, I saw him in, in good time take Luchasaurus and and take him on a spaceship, fly his ass back to a planet wherever he came from. Um, but yeah, I, I really think. Uh, Again, this wasn't to disparage Johnny Yuma because I still think Yuma's a great guy and all that. Um, I'm just saying, I think your your size would fit very well in that NWA. Um, so I'll just well, leave it at that.
1: Well, going forward in in, in uh, 2021, the rest of 2021, and going forward into 2022, I'm going to try to get out there more and do a little bit more traveling. Uh, aside from Memphis, I got I'll be a Dream Pro Wrestling in Indianapolis. Uh, the, the following the following weekend, and uh, hopefully more places from there. I'd like to get out to Cleveland. I know it's you know it's very crowded to get on an AIW, uh, but I, I'd love a shot there as well. Just because that that shit looks hot when you see it on the internet, man. It looks like they draw a fantastic crowd. I love that they bring in legends. So let me get on there with Bunkhouse Buck. Uh, you know I'm I'm ready to see Greg Valentine back out there. But like you know what I'm saying, like let's let's go. Uh, I want to get out to Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling because I already know I am the most popular wrestler in Nanaimo. There is no more popular wrestler on the island than Anthony Idol. That's a known fact, Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling. I know you're not watching this Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling. but It is a fact that I am the most popular wrestler in Nanaimo. See, I should have tagged them in this post. Like, I,
0: I tagged EWF, I tagged SoCal Pro. I should have been out there tagging AIW and, and uh, Victoria Island Pro Wrestling. Is that what it is?
1: Vancouver Island Pro.
0: Vancouver Island, excuse me. I'll make sure. Which is odd. running
1: in Nanaimo. So, Nanaimo is another small island. Uh, basically, all, almost all my extended family moved to uh, Nanaimo.
0: <laughs> so you you just you're gonna show up and, and you'll be the the most guy over on the island.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a fact. Like my cousin got married, uh, this last, this last, last 4th of July and everybody
0: asked where, where Anthony Idol was. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so it sounds like you've got a lot on the plate that you're working on in 2021, 2022. Um, you know, we, we, we miss you in the United wrestling network. We haven't seen you on primetime live or uh championship wrestling from Hollywood in a minute. Um, hoping that you uh you land back there soon i'm hoping things really rock and roll for you out in memphis because i i just really think that's such a natural fit for you and i'm hoping personally to be able to see you at one of these ewf shows coming up here very soon uh every time there's an event near me and i'm like oh wow that's just like 10 minutes away i've got family obligations so i can't make it but i'm I'm hoping to get out to a show very very soon and and uh give you a high five in person um T-shirts, websites, uh social media. How could folks follow you? Where can they get your stuff?
1: Get I am at in Anthony in. Idol on Twitter, uh Anthony Idol on Facebook. Don't send me a, a friend request. Just just follow the fan page. I'm not gonna accept any new friend requests. I hate Facebook. I, I, <laughs> I post on there, I share, I like, I go to check a couple of boards, but that's just I, I'm over Facebook. But it's, it's on there. Uh whatchamacallit, uh Instagram at Anthony Idol on Pro Wrestling Tees you can just search Anthony Idol but it's Pro Wrestling Tees slash Neon Phenomenon get the new t-shirt Pool Party World Tour Pekasaurus Rex Jurassic is mine Um,
0: damn it that's great Jurassic is mine I love it I'm gonna have to find that shirt I'm I'm gonna go order that uh, shirt Um, is there anything else you want to talk about what what show's coming up for you next where are you next Uh, this,
1: this Saturday it's the EWF Sunday, I'm going to be at global wrestling in Escondido or global Lucha Libre and Escondido. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, and then on the 30th, we're going to be in Escondido again for SoCal pros, big Halloween spectacular. And then, uh, maybe I'll be at the commerce casino on the 31st. I don't know yet.
0: Keep my fingers crossed for you. And then of course, November 6th, Memphis, you make your debut. And, uh, again, I, I'm, I've got butterflies for you because I really think this is a good move for everyone involved. I think Dustin's going to be blown away seeing you in that Memphis crowd. I think the Memphis crowd just doesn't know what they're getting into just yet. Uh, I'm very excited.
1: I'm fired up. I've already started my canning regimen. I'm in the gym daily. You already know this. So I will be ready for Memphis.
0: Well, again, thank you for your time. I also publicly want to thank you because I don't know if I've ever done this, but back when I was doing my weekly JCal views, you stepped up and penned one for me. So I do appreciate that as well. Mr. Idol, you're a good dude. You're an even better wrestler. Can't wait to see what's next for you. Uh, all my best, buddy.
1: Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you, man.
0: All right, cool, man. Well, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, this has been sessions with Jay Cal. Make sure you follow our pal, Austin. Excuse me, Anthony Idol, not Austin Idol. You can follow him too. You can you can. There's two can. idols out there. You can follow him. But make sure you follow Anthony Idol on all we'll socials. Follow
1: Brian Idol while you're at it. He's cool. I like Brian.
0: Oh, Brian! Uh, he's the uh, E.W. Uh, um, Florida guy, right?
1: He's yeah, yeah. I like. Brian. We're tight. We're tight like that. We go back like car seats. Second cousins <laughs> twice removed. You you wouldn't understand.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for us, guys. So again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time at the matches. Good night. Now. Later, buddy. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of Alliance Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember, Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.